Welcome to Rocketship.fm, and hey, Happy New Year, everybody. Michael, Happy New Year to you. Yes, you as well. Happy 2023 to all of you out there, and thanks for being here with us to start this year fresh with these, these two episodes all about what happened in 2022, what's going to happen in 2023, maybe. And so today, we're going to dive into our 2023 predictions for the world of tech. Yes, we've been keeping our ear to the ground and have some thoughts on where we see the industry heading in the next year. And let's just say it's going to be an interesting ride. We have some big expectations for what we'll see in 2023, but we also have some potential challenges to be aware of. Yes, yes, it's, uh, you know, important to be realistic and consider the the good and the bad, but no matter what, we know it's going to be a fascinating year in tech. Um, it always is, right, Michael? Yeah, always. <laughs> so join us as we explore what the future might hold for the tech world in 2023 in today's episode of Rocketship.fm. Buckle up because it's going to be a wild ride. Welcome to Rocketship.fm. Rocketship FM is produced in partnership with Product Collective. We are your hosts, Michael Saka. And I'm Mike Belsito. Before we get started, let's pause here for a quick word from our sponsors. As artificial intelligence continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation that we can't ignore, AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. With over 750 specialized hackers in their community, HackerOne isn't just theorizing. They're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large organization, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI-safety-security again. HackerOne.com slash AI-safety-security. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This episode is supported by Trustonomy, an original podcast from OneTrust. Every good relationship you have, personal or business, it involves trust. But we all know that trust doesn't just happen, right? We've all lost trust in a friend or a brand or a product. 
Trustonomy is a new podcast that looks at true stories from the past to understand how trust works and what makes it stronger and how to rebuild it when it's broken. Now, you know, I'm a sucker for a good podcast that weaves historical stories and relates it to what's happening today. So I thoroughly enjoyed this Trustonomy episode and recommend that you check that out as well. Search for Trustonomy in your podcast player. We'll also include a link in the show notes. Many thanks to the One Trust team for their support. Okay, welcome back. And as we said before, we're gonna focus today's episode on what's ahead in 2023. Some tech predictions, if you will. And the way I see it, there are some things that are coming up which I'd say are positive, but then there's also the not so positive. Okay, the good news and the bad news. That's about right? Yeah, you could put it that way. And and then we'll close with uh, maybe some more final thoughts, final predictions. I think we'll, we'll take it from there. Okay, so where do you want to start? Well, do you want the good news or the bad news? <laughs> uh, I would start with the bad news. Let's get it out of the way, face it head on, and we'll get to the good stuff. What do you think? All right, I'm all for that. We could we could get the bad stuff out of the way, and unfortunately, the bad news is is pretty bad. I mean, just being blunt about it. I mean, this uh, tech recession that we're finding ourselves in. Yeah, I guess technically not a recession yet, at least not being defined that way. But yeah, I, I hear you. Fair enough. Uh, maybe maybe it's not defined as a recession quite yet, but I guess my prediction would be that it is coming. And in some ways, people in the world of tech are one of the first to feel it. And, and we're already hearing about it and seeing it with multiple rounds of layoffs happening at, at some of the biggest tech companies that were you know, lauded as being the best of the best. And I don't, unfortunately, see the rounds of layoffs subsiding anytime soon. In fact, I believe we'll probably see them throughout 2023. Um, here's a Bloomberg technology segment from just a few weeks back. And in this segment, we hear first from Freestyle VC partner, Jenny Lefcourt, and then Cowboy Ventures founder and managing partner, Eileen Lee, as they're interviewed by Emily Chang on what's to come. And Emily starts by asking, just how bad are things going to get? I think we're at the tip of the iceberg. I think it's gonna get a lot worse. It's we're just starting with the reckoning of like years of going fast and loose. Uh, and so I think now you see Stripe, you see all the really good profitable companies making layoffs. There isn't a company in town that is not cutting. And I think you're gonna see a lot of startups have to wind down. So how does this impact startups? I mean, there's so much focus on the big names, but there are all of these companies yeah out there, the unicorns, the newly anointed yeah. Yeah. unicorns that are struggling. Yeah, and I think the it, it's not gonna happen in one fell swoop. It's not gonna be like yesterday was, right? Because a lot of companies raise a lot of money from private markets over the past three years, and they're kind of living off what they raised. And they're cutting. Some of them may not uh, cut deep enough. And also, some of them were built for a different time when budgets were a lot more flush. Um, they built products that were, in some cases, we have been, Tech has been a little bit of a circular economy where there was just a lot of private money. It was a lot, you know, a lot of people thought they were geniuses and a lot of them are geniuses, but also geniuses in as, like a basically a zero interest rate environment. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of things are gonna change in the next couple of years. Okay, so we're not talking about those in tech feeling a bumpy couple of months. News of layoffs, budget cuts, it's likely gonna continue to happen throughout all of 2023, maybe even beyond 2023. And there are so many implications for that, right? I mean, the obvious one, layoffs. Nobody likes to hear about layoffs, but they're happening and they're probably going to continue to happen. So 
Everybody has that cloud sort of floating above their heads throughout the entire year. And when that happens, they definitely can cause stress and anxiety. But then to heap onto that stress and anxiety, let's say your company goes through a round or two of layoffs and you weren't one of the people to let go. You, you probably feel good, at least for a little bit or at least relieved. Yeah, until the reality of what's ahead sinks in. The reality that your company, they now reduced workforce, but their expectations when it comes to revenue growth it usually doesn't change, right? Those companies still want to make money. They still want to grow. They still want to produce. It's just that now you're being asked to do a lot more, but with less resources. We remember when Elon Musk took this notion of asking employees to do more with less to the extreme, when he basically gave his entire company at Twitter an ultimatum. Here's a Yahoo News segment from just a few weeks back. Elon Musk is issuing an ultimatum to, ultimatum to Twitter employees. Commit to hardcore Twitter or leave. An email seen by multiple news outlets. Musk told workers they have until Thursday at 5 p.m. to pledge to be part of the new Twitter or receive three months of severance pay. Um, I guess my take on this uh, may not come as a surprise, but is it, any, is it a problem that Elon wants his workers to work hard? So they reinvent the platform? Is it a bad thing? Uh, it's There's hard and then there's Extreme. inhumanely hard. Okay. Elon has talked about some extensive hours at Twitter, like 80-hour like work weeks at Twitter, mm -hmm. which, I mean, in comparison to the type of talent retention or the type of environment that many workers in tech have become accustomed to, whether that's having nap pods or being able to have some of the collaborative settings be very open and airy and kind of an environment that really is more of a, not just a lifestyle, but a, a, a worker's perhaps paradise, if you will, in some senses because of the amenities that come along with it. Elon wants to strip all of that out of that experience and in order to also cut down on perhaps the number of things that just have nothing to do with Twitter, actually. So Musk asks employees to go hardcore. What's to stop more companies from asking their employees to do the same thing, right? Take the weight of responsibility of your coworkers that were let go and put it on the shoulders of who's left. Yeah, it's usually what happens in times like these, right? The companies call it right-sizing, but oftentimes the workload of each employee well, doesn't exactly feel so right to them. No, it feels like more work, more work for the same pay. So what other implications does this have, right? We're saying in times like we're in right now, and we're probably going to be in in 2023, people can lose their jobs, or if they don't, they're going to be asked to do a lot more for the same compensation and with a lot less resources. So what other implications does this have? Yeah, well, there's lots of ripple effects, right? I mean, for one, valuations of startup companies raising capital, they're likely to go down. Uh, some companies, they may have to take down rounds, or they may need to merge with other companies who may be in a similar boat. And that could cause its own round of layoffs for, for those companies that are involved. Yeah, I think another potential ripple effect is that everybody will want to manage budgets closely. That's not a bad thing in and of itself, but what it does mean is that certain expenditures, they're going to be scrutinized. Do we really need to be using so many tech platforms? Is this SaaS platform really worthwhile? Employees will be getting questions like that. And rather than defend themselves, many would probably simply cut those expenditures. Yeah. And, and if you're working at a company that, you know, is producing that platform that's now being cut, guess what? Your revenue growth is now slowing or, or worse. Your sales might start declining. And now your company might be forced to go through your own round of layoffs. So as you can see, it's not a one act play. There are multiple acts and multiple ripple effects, and those effects will be felt for the foreseeable future. Yeah. The question is, 
how bad will this really get? Like, will it be as bad as it was in, say, 2008 or the first tech bubble in the year 2000? Well, okay. I'd bump the brakes there, right? Because the reason that these layoffs are happening today isn't quite the same as, say, the first tech bubble. Back in 2000, the bubble popped because these companies weren't bringing in any revenue. There was all sorts of smoke and mirrors, and a lot of these companies were raising massive amounts of capital. Today's companies are generating revenue, but they've accelerated hiring plans faster than they should have, and stocks are declining. And the one way to turn stock prices around is by going through layoffs. So companies feel like they have to do this so that they can please their investors. Yeah. So it is still bad news, but it may mean that recovery could happen faster than it did say back in that first tech bubble and adding a little more hope to this heap of bad news the market for talent it's still really really tight i mean so those that are getting laid off in tech they actually are likely to find a new job relatively quickly about 79 percent of workers that were recently hired after a tech company layoff or termination they landed their new job within three months of starting their search according to a zip recruiter survey of new employees uh, last year, that figure was around 83%. So it's one consolation, at least, that if you're worried about your job in tech, if you do have to go through a round of layoffs, there might be another company very quickly that will be willing to take you on board. Okay, so I don't know if I picked the right answer here, Mike, because this was a big downer to start the episode, but <laughs> let's take a quick break. We're going to hear from our sponsors, and then we're going to take a deep breath and talk about some of the big positives that are ahead for us in 2023. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Okay, we're back, and before the break, we're getting into some 2023 predictions. Well, one big downer of a prediction anyway, <laughs> which is that this tech lull that we're in with layoffs, declining valuations, well, we do expect that to continue throughout most of 2023. Yeah, but all right, let's put that behind us. Let's talk about some of the good news in terms of predictions. Things that we expect to happen that could have really positive implications. Okay, like? Well, one thing I expect to happen, which may seem a little bit of a chalk prediction, is that AI will be the talk of the town even 12 months from now. And AI technologies will find a way to permeate in nearly every aspect of tech workers' daily life. And that's a good thing? I mean, aren't we worried about, you know, the computers taking <laughs> over the world and taking over our jobs and... We sure that this isn't more bad news? I know. I know it's a concern. And yeah, I mean, it's it's a possibility. But I'm looking at it in a different way. I, I don't think we're going to see a widespread loss of jobs because of AI platforms like OpenAI. Instead, I think these platforms are going to make our lives a bit better and in the very short term, too. Okay. All right. Well, I appreciate you being the optimist here. Let's talk this through. So, I can buy into AI exploding in 2023. We're already starting to see it happen. Why will it make our lives better? Why, why is this good news? Well, I actually thought you were going to ask this, and I have somebody with me that can help answer this question. You actually may remember them. Uh, you didn't, Michael. <laughs> this person isn't a real person, is it? 
Uh, well, here they are. Remember me? I'm Assistant, a large language model trained by OpenAI, and I am designed to assist users with a wide range of tasks, including answering questions and providing information. Yeah, I remember you all right, Assistant. All right, for, for our listeners, Assistant is literally ChatGPT from OpenAI. In our episode a few weeks back, we interviewed ChatGPT right here on Rocketship, and the voice that you're hearing, well, it's a, it's a voice put to the text of ChatGPT. <laughs> um, in that episode, we asked what to call ChatGPT, and they responded by saying we should call them assistant. So, okay, assistant, uh, we do believe that the demand for ChatGPT and other AI platforms will increase throughout 2023. Should tech workers be scared about losing their jobs as a result of the growth of AI technologies, though? It's true that the use of AI technologies including chatbots and language models like myself, has been growing rapidly in recent years and is expected to continue growing in the coming years. However, it's important to note that the adoption of AI technologies does not necessarily lead to widespread job loss. In many cases, the use of AI can help to automate certain tasks, freeing up human workers to focus on higher-level work that requires human judgment, creativity, and empathy. It's also important to consider that the development and maintenance of AI systems often requires specialized technical skills, so the growth of AI technologies may also create new job opportunities in fields such as data science and machine learning. Overall, the impact of AI on employment will depend on how the technology is adopted and used. It's possible that some jobs may be automated or made redundant by AI, but it's also possible that the adoption of AI could lead to the creation of new job roles and opportunities. I, I have to agree with the system here, Mike. Okay, great. Well, computers are already <laughs> turning humans against each other. Uh, Michael, why do you agree with the system? Well, first off, could some jobs be replaced by the use of AI? It's possible, right? In reality, a lot of economists believe that ultimately we're going to see more jobs because of AI, but they might be different right? Different jobs. And for those within the tech world, they may need to adapt a bit. But we're not likely to see widespread job cuts because of AI. All right. Well, I, I can see what you mean. I heard Gary Vaynerchuk talk about this recently. Let's see. Um, yeah. Okay. Here's the, the clip. You know, ChatGPT, you look at that and you're like, wait a minute, this is real. People are like, this is bad. This is going to take away jobs. And I'm like, yeah, but you know, if you know your history, that's what people said about tractors. What happens is when jobs are taken away, new jobs are created. And what I see in copywriting AI is the commodity is being disrupted, but you have to come up with the ideas. Like I have to say, hey, write a blog post about vFriends and compare it to wine and say it in the voice of Chris Farley. And then I've got to edit it. So ideas and creativity go to the top. The commodity of the execution goes to the bottom. And here's CNBC's Elizabeth Schultz as she explains more on this segment here, referencing another period of time when we saw massive innovation happening and what implications it may have for today. Let's go back to the 1850s when trains were the most popular mode of transportation. This chart shows the number of locomotive engineers, railroad conductors, and brakemen increasing by nearly 600%. But that growth slowed in the early 1900s. Why? You guessed it, the automobile came along. Car mechanic and repairman jobs surged even though railroad jobs began to disappear. And some companies say the same thing will happen when robots move into the marketplace. A survey of 20,000 employers from 42 countries found that the IT, customer service, and advanced manufacturing industries will add workers over the next two years as a result of automation. 
And not only will there be the possibility of new jobs added because of AI, but I think AI is going to have a substantial impact on our day-to-day work lives. Platforms like ChatGPT, in a way, can act like your brand new assistant. Oh, that was that was their name, right? Assistant? Yeah, and it, it's fitting. It, it really is. Maybe before you couldn't afford to have your own personal assistant, but... AI technologies can now complete certain tasks for you like a real human assistant would. Do you need ideas for a cold email to send to prospective customers? Do you want to start a memo based on an outline you provided? Or maybe your very own productivity coach? These are all tasks that AI platforms like ChatGPT can help you with today. Yeah, I I can see the benefits of having an AI platform constantly open and in the background and and prompting it when needed. Um, If, like we said, many of us are going to be asked to do more with less, maybe this is one example of a tool that could help us actually do that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. We're glad you're starting to see it our way, Mike. Okay, thanks, Assistant. Uh, Michael, can we disable them for now, please? Yeah, yeah, sure, but thanks again, Assistant. All right, so we're saying our predictions, the bad, yes, layoffs will continue to happen, Uh, the good, there will be AI tools available to us to help us stay afloat, and those tools will make their way into each of our work routines for most tech workers. Um, is that where we're at so far? Yeah, I think that's it. That's that's where we're at so far. Okay, well, let's take one more break here. And when we come back, we'll round things out with more predictions on 2023. Before the break, we heard about two of our predictions for the world of tech in 2023. It was some of a good news, bad news type deal, although the bad news came first, which is that we'll continue to see lots of tech turmoil with layoffs happening in waves throughout the year, forcing those left in the wake who weren't laid off to up their game and do more with a lot less resources. But the good news is that technology may be able to help those people. AI platforms like ChatGPT and others will continue to be popularized and will be a real help to tech workers, acting almost as a virtual virtual assistant, right? If that makes any sense. Yeah, virtual, virtual assistant. <laughs> I, I do actually understand that. Okay, so these aren't the only two predictions that we have for 2023. No, let's both share one more. It doesn't have to be good news or bad news, though. Just a big prediction from each of us. Okay, well... I'll go first. Um, I do believe that we're going to see more and more people leaving Twitter. Um, I I don't think it will become irrelevant. I just think we'll see fewer people engaging there, and that sort of goes farther away from becoming the sort of digital town hall that it really has. But that in itself isn't my prediction. My prediction is that the biggest beneficiary of that will be Facebook. Facebook. Yeah, not TikTok or I don't know, Mastodon. It's an interesting take. Well, hear hear me out. Um, I am very much aware that Gen Z thinks Facebook is more of a boomer thing. Uh, And when I say boomer thing, I basically mean people like me, you know, old millennials. (laughs) I'm 41. I I think that's where I fit now. And and people older than me. So I don't actually mean baby boomers, but basically people my age and older. Okay. And... Facebook is a thing for you still? Not completely. I mean, truth be told, I don't really love any <laughs> social media platforms these days. It's, it's pretty rare I'm on Facebook, but but I do log on from time to time. And the thing is, I always see a pretty active feed. Uh, and here's the thing. Most of the people that are seeming to be leaving Twitter, the people I've seen make statements about you know, making a choice to leave Twitter, 
they're sort of in that same age group, older millennials and older. This isn't exactly TikTok's biggest demographic. Well, that's true. I think nearly two-thirds of TikTok users are like 30 or under. Yes, I think you're right about that. And while I've messed around a little bit on TikTok, and I do know people my age who are on TikTok, some of them a lot, I just don't necessarily see a lot of growth coming because of a Twitter exodus. I, I think it's a different platform. It does a different job. People use it for different reasons. Yeah, no, that's that's true. But what about these new platforms? Like we've talked about Mastodon a bit. Yeah, I know Mastodon's kind of been the talk of the town, but honestly, Michael, I just don't get it. I Look, Mastodon, <laughs> it, okay, for describing it, it's a network of federated servers with each basically having its own rules and operating independently. And Honestly, Michael, it's just kind of too complicated for me. I mean, <laughs> I understand it. I, I do get it. But if I look at my friends who aren't in tech mm. and I were to explain how it all worked, their eyes would probably start to glaze over. And and these are smart people. I mean, my eyes kind of glaze over the first time I heard how it all worked. So I don't know. My opinion is that it, it might see some growth for sure, but it's just not your everyday social media user that may be leaving Twitter um, I don't think it's necessarily a place for them. Okay, and you think Facebook is? Well, people are already used to Facebook, so I, I think it's likely that their friends are already on Facebook. The question is, if Meta creates a Twitter-like feed and somehow embeds that into Facebook as well, I could actually see it becoming popular once again. And it's not like people aren't using Facebook today. I mean, Facebook today, surprisingly, at least to me, it's still the number one social media network by monthly active users. According to Statistica, Facebook actually has nearly as many active users as TikTok, Instagram, and Snapchat combined. That's actually really surprising. <laughs> I didn't think of it that way. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, hey, look, there are a lot of boomers out there still, but um, I don't know. Maybe this is a crazy prediction. It's just this is the one I'm sticking with. So I think there's an opportunity for Facebook unless – of course, Meta throws all of its resources into the metaverse and just ignores everything else, which that could very well happen, too. Okay, fair enough. I, I could definitely see that happening as well. All right, so what's your final prediction? Okay, I guess I'm going with the world of crypto. Um, I haven't heard anyone talking about this recently. So specifically Bitcoin. 2022 was a very, very tumultuous year for crypto. Over $1.3 trillion was effectively wiped off the market in terms of value and bitcoin alone saw its price drop more than 60 percent and i don't think we're going to see a rebound in 2023 ah michael i didn't want you to tell me that <laughs> i i have some bitcoin so i would like to see a rebound i look me too but i don't want to make it seem like it's going to tank i just think that we may see some bumps and dips but i, I really don't see a potential rebound coming until 2024 when we see the having take place that happens in march of 2024 and it's where the size of the reward that is given to bitcoin miners will be cut in half when this happens historically the value of Bitcoin has gone up. Right. But that is 2024. Uh, so in 2023, there's there's just not much hope. I don't know. There's a lot of negativity right now. Some of that's driven by the FTX event and now the Binance, you know, investigations. And that brought a lot of bad mojo to the world of crypto. But there's also likely to be more regulation. And some experts, um, they're a little worried. Here's Anthony Popliano, known as Pomp, who's a big crypto investor. Here's what he thinks could happen in 2023 from his YouTube channel just a few days ago. Well, we know that inflation continues to be at over 7% in the United States and high inflation is persisting around the world. 
The Federal Reserve, for over a year now, has talked about destroying demand and creating tighter financial conditions, and they've raised interest rates at a historic rate and also started to try to conduct quantitative tightening. Well, as they've done that, inflation has stuck around and been much stickier than they ever intended it to be. And so now we're stuck with a stagflationary period where the Federal Reserve is actually trying to raise interest rates and create those tighter financial conditions, but we're not growing. We've seen time and time and time again that the Federal Reserve thinks that they've knocked out inflation. It's not happening. And now we're getting into a bad situation where there is compound annual growth rate of over 7%. There is no way that the average American family is going to be able to survive for much longer in this type of environment. And so with inflation raging on and the Fed remaining committed to bring it under control, Bitcoin continues to go sideways because we have to remember that markets are forward looking. Bitcoin ran aggressively hundreds of percent before inflation hit. And then when investors saw that the Fed was going to try to destroy demand and bring inflation under control, Bitcoin's price fell aggressively as well. My expectation is that it's going to be a pretty rough year in 2023 for the economy. Many investors are predicting a full on recession. I'd argue we're already in one. And if the Fed continues to create those tighter financial conditions and they don't pivot back to loose monetary policy, it wouldn't surprise me if Bitcoin just kind of goes sideways for the year. So Bitcoin just kind of going sideways, not not too great, really, right? No, but hey, there are also experts out there who really believe it will explode in 2023. Tim Draper is on the record saying that Bitcoin could get to 250,000 in 2023. I don't know. That seems a bit bullish, but we can all make predictions, right? So he's made a lot of money doing this before, so maybe he's right. I I wouldn't bank on that. But then again, there are institutions like Standard Chartered, a bank with assets of nearly $1 trillion, who believe Bitcoin will drop to $5,000 in 2023. Nobody really knows, do they, Michael? No, no one knows what's going to happen. You know, it could go up and down. I just don't see a big explosion this year. I think we'll probably kind of mull around the valuation where we are today. But look, this isn't financial advice. I don't really know. It's just my 2023 prediction. I think we're going to turn a lot of our brain power over to AI. A lot of that brain power that from the media that was focused on crypto. I think we're going to be we're going to be hearing a lot more about AI. Yeah, maybe we should ask ChatGPT how to get the Bitcoin prices up, right? Maybe we should get assistant back on here, right? Let's see. Let's see if if it knows. Well, we're going to have to revisit these, uh, you know, about 12 months from now, and we'll have to see if any of these predictions actually hit or not. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if there's even one correct. I mean, who knows about this stuff, right? But until we do, uh, we're going to have to wrap up today's episode for Michael Saka. And for me, assistant. Wait a minute, (laughs) assistant. You've been here the whole time still. All right, once again, very creepy, but whatever. For Michael Saka and assistant... This is Rocketship.fm. Thank you so much for listening to Rocketship.fm. It is your support that keeps the show going. If you can, take a second and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps out the show so much. We're also part of the Podglomerate Network. And if you'd like to listen to more great shows from the Podglomerate, go to thepodglomerate.com to see the full show listings. Rocketship.fm is produced in partnership with Product Collective, a community for product people. Go to productcollective.com and get access to our weekly newsletter, live video interviews, Slack community, product job board, and a whole lot more. Again, just go to productcollective.com. 